Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mediocre Conversations with Tom and Drew. I happen to be Tom. I happen to be Drew. And this is the only podcast where we will guarantee the only thing you'll hear is mediocrity. And I'm going to make another guarantee for this podcast alone. Interesting. All right. We're going to talk about Ahsoka. Agreed. It's a fair bet, but I'm making it a guarantee. Those are my favorite kind of bets to make. The, the, yeah. Where it's like the outcome is known. (laughs) Let me rush or completely in your control. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the, those are what we don't, we don't call, we don't call those suckers bets, you know? No. No. We can, uh, you can rely on that. So, yeah. You're 100% right. All right. Drew. Um, um, we got a lot to get through. So, uh, you know, focus up. Following your lead, buddy. I watched the first episode. Me too. Just finished it. Okay. Um, I have a surprising number of notes. Okay. First of all, we keep getting new things that people can apparently do with the force, i.e. unlock a door. Sure. And then remove, unlock someone's locked shackles, which, which is all new. No, not technically. I mean, um, we've seen people open doors, in the, but I don't know about the lock. The lock thing did surprise me as well. Um, but we see Anakin release the um, Emperor, the chance, then Chancellor Palpatine from captivity on Grievous's ship in episode three. But like what I liked about the scene that you're referencing when Balin unleashes Morgan's. Yeah. Is that he basically just like opens his hand and then the manacles open themselves yeah and i i get the feeling that especially from like reading the books the like the old ex you know extended universe books from the previous canon that visualization of how you want the force to act when you use your will to enact it is a really key component oh okay of using it so like when he like opened his hand I think that was like his way of visualizing him opening those shackles. Yeah. And I was like, this is so great. I love this show already. So Yeah. He's he sort of did that to the gate too, right? Or to the locked. Yeah, I you know, so like when he clearly uses yeah, like when he, he holds his arm hand cell, out. Yeah, yeah. And like I usually you need a droid to like plug in and like break the lock yeah. or whatever. I've never seen the force well, be used. That okay. Manner. I didn't think so. I wrote because uh, I'm just like, oh, the force can pick locks now. But I guess I get it. If all things are made of the force, he's reaching out with the force and manipulating things in such a way until it lines up as it should. Cool. We're yeah. in the middle of what of our known uh, span of time, right? This is sort of happening not in Ray's world, but after. Yeah, this should this should yes this should be running almost concurrent to the mandalorian right right so yeah we are which is sort of in the middle of the movies yeah we are after episode six prior to episode seven yeah in that window right 100 percent. um <clears throat> how do you feel about that where yeah. we sort of unlock new when they do things that now the next time you watch the, the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy 
you're sure. going to be like, that would have been helpful for that particular Jedi to have that ability at that time. So the way that I, the way that I look at it is so like, you're right. And I think that lots of people who watch star Wars do that. Like star Wars very much plays around with timing. Like, okay, we have the original trilogy and then 20 years later, we came out with the prequels, which were set in the, in the storyline prior to the films. Right. We came out with 20 years ago. And so people are like, well, if they, if we know they had it in the prequel trilogy, why didn't they do it in the original trilogy? And I'm like, well, right. cause the prequels hadn't come out yet. And we hadn't invented that shit. Yeah. You know? So like I, what the way that I think about it is not everybody is the same force powers are not ubiquitous, right? Like it's a lot about like your personal talent, like the way that you, that's true. Like, so like Monet, like um, Mons, Mozart, Mozart, what do you say? Mozart. Like Mozart. He mm -hmm. sat down he's deaf remember yeah and create some of the most beautiful music the world's ever seen right like it just spoke to him yeah to a lesser degree i think that people who can who are sensitive to the force have like natural inclinations based upon who they are as people sure. and like the force will then help manifest what you're probably already talented at good at inclined mm -hmm. to do anyways and so you know maybe balin the character that opened the door yeah um has some kind of natural inclination to like figuring out like how that stuff works yeah. you know and so he's able to like visualize and like project like that particular idea or thought through the force to allow him to do that mm -hmm. where like obi-wan or qui-gon or yoda maybe not so much yeah i i like that i like that explanation and i buy it all of yeah. it and i wish they did more of it I wish yeah. it was more prevalent of like, oh, this this aspect of the force speaks more to me, the nature aspect or or whatever. Like you know, the the these, this is my specialty given to me by the force. Sure, yeah, absolutely, and you know, and like uh, I hope so too. I hope that we get more, um, mm -hmm. let's call it personalized experiences with the force from these characters and we might have the opportunity to do so here in the very yeah. Near future. Yeah. Um, now you have seen all of Ahsoka's material, right? So I have watched, um, the clone wars that she was in. She started the, the one episode of the Mandalorian that she was one or two episodes of the Mandalorian mm -hmm. that she was in and star Wars rebels, all of it. So, yeah. So, as far as like non-comic stuff, I think that I've seen all of the material that she has been in yeah. since her inception 15 years ago. Now, is there, I know we're just, we're just talking about the first episode and she's not actually in it a whole lot. Uh, I mean, she's in a good amount, but she's there she's solid. Yeah. Being Ren was a big deal. And uh uh whatever the new Sith guy, the bad guy, he's in it. Uh, just a, a little bit. Awesome new Jedi with the lightsaber that I want is also in it. The orange one. Fuck yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um so I don't know the backstory on damn near any of these people. Sure. So 
did any has anything happened yet with Ahsoka that is a nod to any previous things, like any of her mo- motivations or why she's acting certain ways? Probably more in the relationship between her and Sabine Wren. There's a lot mm-hmm. going on, and I'm going to ask for as detail the backstory of Sabine Wren if you could set her up for me. But first, I was just curious if like are there any any previous things from Ahsoka's past that are coming through yet? Um, so I think that I think the major difference for me watching the first and I've only watched the first episode. Oh, interesting. Look at just you. Just so that you and I can talk about it. Interesting. Without any other prejudice. Appreciate that. Um, you're welcome. Is that Rosario Dawson's interpretation of Ahsoka Tano seems to be that she has like completely matured into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Like she is she she has reached that kind of level of like whether it's wisdom or experience the kind of like obi-wan kenobi has where it's just like i'm not going to be completely rattled by this i'm taking everything in stride like we're not going to lose our shit so to speak about any of these situations she understands like how to deal with the world around her and like yeah. you know she's very very centered is what i would call her you know and she she, she she we don't get a lot of emotion like emoting from her in this she seems almost like very pensive and considered um as a character but i like that in my jedi like knowing what i know about her she definitely gives off a pretty a disenfranchised vibe yeah um i would say that the especially in the clone wars when we see her more as a child a teenager yeah becoming a young adult um there's um a real i wouldn't call it an immaturity but it's real close to that it's oh sure a playfulness like with authority yeah you know it's kind of and that's probably a lot of anakin's influence right like anakin very did not respect authority much yeah if he respected you he probably respected your authority (laughs) but outside of that he there was a healthy disdain for it um and then in Rebels, she t- she takes on a more leadership style role in the Rebellion. Okay, she manages various yeah, yeah. Rebel cells, and um, then you see her kind of understanding. Oh, this is life and death. You know, like there's no, there's really, it's not appropriate. It's not time to joke around about this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, Her freedom's on the line. And now I get the feeling that it's like she's been alone, or probably by choice for a while yeah and that aloofness is kind of i think coming through a little bit more love the i love the fact that she's brought uh, rosario's brought this to the character yeah uh because we get a new like this is how she's evolved into i love seeing that and uh but she i don't think it's somebody that you're like let's sit down and have a drink and just you know catch up you know that's not who this is this person is right no no not unless you're in a fight together or something like that yeah so um yet i'm totally impressed with the character yeah um i'm liking it a lot so far the first uh the first so we also see this other thing she she needs to cut into the vault she throws her lightsabers into the stone force has them go around her and then she falls down totally cool never have we seen that before no so the thing that I think that we're going to see more in these live action Disney shows that involve force users yeah. is I think that like 
the technology and the filmmaking is to the point now where you could say what with Baitland picking the lock or Ahsoka throwing her sabers yeah, and yet still maintaining control of them is we're going to see subtle but yet very expressive like uh, manifestations yeah. of the force and that's awesome that's really that's what's cool about the force right is it's like oh it was taught by different people different tribes different ideals of what the force was for a very long time and thousands upon thousands yeah, of years millennia yeah. and so now we have her who is jedi trained but was also forced to be alone for a while she's probably oh. picked up or or train differently or you know picked up these different tricks or what have you and that's i mean through the force all things are possible pretty much right so like now in the games there is you could throw your lightsaber and have it come back to you yes luke in the old canon that was his big move he had he was he could throw his lightsaber he would like throw his uh his saber like a forward like this yeah. golf throw and then yeah. it would spin kind of like thor's yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah his second hammer or whatever and like wakanda stormbreaker he, stormbreaker yeah like he could throw it and it would spin around and it would yeah. go in this huge arc and return to his grasp yeah so like so those, just, those types I of manipulations think, aren't new no but like now they're visual yeah and it was awesome too it's by great the way. yeah i my my exact and i know that people <laughs> listening to this won't see it but like my exact reaction was oh oh mine too <laughs> just just like we're just surprised gonna, pikachu face yeah we're just gonna kind of casually do this real quick yeah you know or whatever it was it was oh. good um it felt like a video game to me parts of it which thinking back i think a lot of them have like you know it's just like oh a puzzle Mm-hmm. a puzzle for me to oh good now i get the thing oh another puzzle that leads to another puzzle okay great now i gotta go talk to this person so it, it feels very much like a video game which is fine with me um there's i always a, think of it in terms of a D campaign sure like what an interesting puzzle yeah. for the party to figure out you know? <laughs> yeah 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 um we have a jedi protocol droid this guy's brand new from what I can tell. Um, okay. Cause he's real old. Yes. Because he was programmed to do Jedi things only. Mm-hmm. And he's 75% original material, which we know because he said it. Yeah. <laughs> so this or guy they is, said it. It's not a this uh droid's name is uh Huang. Huang, yeah. Voiced by the incomparable David Tennant, uh former doctor. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so that's awesome. And uh, from build up to the show, mm-hmm. I th- I think one of the facts I gleaned is this droid's something like 3,000 years old. Yeah. Now, the, the number that we get from him in the show is when he goes to try and identify Balin's lightsaber hand yeah. uh, hilt, which this is something new. I've never seen or heard of trying to identify somebody by their hilt yeah so but it's like it's kind of like fingerprinting i thought it was pretty cool he mentions that like in the 500 years that he taught there's only been one person that built a hilt like this guy yeah but they built it exactly how i used to train them to build them correct i did think it was interesting that balin's apprentice shin uh shin hati h-a-t-i hati 
um he Act. could not identify her like right thing. which makes sense you know which is now we're seeing like so that's that like second generation right like that's yeah. a departure, you know and um i'm completely in love with that character that character there's a scene at the very beginning when so first of all the new republic has got to do something about transporting their prisoners better <laughs> they by are, the way light speed is an option yeah don't stop hyperspace is is a good thing to do yeah so okay so anyways so like the, the transport ship comes out of hyperspace or whatever doesn't immediately get they're waiting to meet their contact or whatever bad guys show up convince them to dock what? it's an old jedi so that makes sense that he has 20, his old jedi years codes old. yeah, yeah. Okay, so we let them on the ship. Huge problem. And then they go, they go at it. They're gonna rescue the the character that uh Ahsoka caught. And um he's like he says something like, Oh, I'll show you my clearance or whatever. And his apprentice just goes nuts. Yeah. And I was like immediately. Yeah, and then there's a scene where she she storms the bridge by herself and it's just like force push, block, block, stab you. Like yeah. move this thing over here. And I was like, oh, this character is all about just getting shit done. This is a not fucking around character. They're a hammer. I, you know, and like that is the role of the apprentice. The the master oh, sure. is there to like set the direction or whatever. And then yeah. just like Maul was to Sidious, like yeah. she is to Balin. It's like you're going to go and like enable the thing yeah. that I've thought up. He says jump, she says on who. Pretty that's, much. And that's it, what it is. And it was awesome. It was <laughs> awesome. I loved it. The lightsaber choreography, the it's all great so yeah. far. Yes. So we had um a yeah, we Shin really has a lot of choreography in the opening scene. And then she and Sabine actually have a lightsaber fight at the yeah. end. Oh and I spoilers by the way sure okay yeah <laughs> anyway continue. you appreciate sorry i appreciate the choreography we've already seen i don't think it's up to like episode three levels which i consider to be the best choreography that we've had yeah in the franchise yeah but like it is already better than the sequel trilogy which i often felt like if you just gave um ray and kylo baseball bats and sent them out there to hit one another that's kind of what it looked like to me which i mean in their defense they didn't have a Jedi to really train them. That's the big difference, right? And right? Like, I think that if that is a theme that the writers are trying to adhere to in these multiple eras, top notch. Then, like, good job for sticking with it. But like, okay, I'm ready for. I it's been 15 years since Episode Three. I'm ready to like, let's see someone wield a lightsaber. You know, <clears throat> I took karate a couple years back, and um, my teacher. Well, used to fight competitively and we talked about that because conditioning for that kind of shit is just ridiculous you just right. have to like hit your body with various hard implements over and over again to toughen them up but he was mm-hmm. like anyway he was like black belt fights are no fun to watch because everyone's really controlled and it's really precise now yellow belt white yeah. belt fights those are so much fun because they are all just swinging for the fences every time yeah, I'm just going to windmill my arms and see if I can knock <laughs> yeah. you unconscious. Yeah, and that's exactly what I feel like the prequel uh, yeah. uh, trilogies were. It was just like, I have light sword, I smash with light sword. It weighs nothing, guys. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, but the protocol, the Jedi, the Jedi droid mm-hmm. is weird for me. It's cool. He's cool. But it's like, ah, uh, yes, I have an infinite amount of data that I am able to uh, to access at all times now based on my time, my decades, centuries with with the order. So, you know, so like I'm sure his knowledge will come up again. Oh, yeah. um, but it is it is cool and it makes sense right like you made your own lightsaber it was a difficult thing to do once you made it it was yours everyone knew who like everyone knew who's luke's was yeah. when it was around you know so that's that's really cool like and and you know that makes sense back in the day when you made a sword it was very hard to make a sword especially <laughs> a really good one so everyone good. and if you killed a lot of people with your sword you got to keep it for a long time because right, you yeah. didn't die. So right. everyone knew it was your sword. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, very so, few dead people become legends, you know, like in the first six months of using something. <laughs> yeah. 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 You didn't know. And, and uh, you know, a lot of places, uh, at least in, you know, these fantasy novels that I read, like you, you, and it was even in game of Thrones, right? Like, um, you remembered all of the owners of your sword, mm-hmm. right? As a sort of respect, but also like <laughs> shit's temporary. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> um, yeah, the now, sword's probably going to get another user at some point, right? Yeah, right. <clears throat> Wielder. Now, Battle of Lothal. Yep. Do we know about this? Have I we do. heard about this? Yes. I was hoping. I was hoping you would. So the Battle of Lothal is the finale of the Star Wars Rebel television show. Okay. Okay. So so this is there's a lot of setup that needs to take place here because you and I have you and I together have not watched Rebels nor have we discussed it. And I individually have only watched very small amount of it. First couple well, episodes. Uh Star Wars Rebels is an amazing show. It is I did like it. It is truly it truly has its own place in star wars um it's wonderful <clears throat> so let's do some backup here so the battle of lothal was the finale of the show and what it was it so the, the show is based upon this rebel cell called the ghosts and uh we That's have great. like a former jedi in kanan jarris who we see at the beginning of the bad batch yeah when order 66 happens his master is killed and they kind of tr- try and track him down that's what starts that- the whole rift Yep. In the Bad Batch. Yep. And so that kid at that time was named Caleb Doom. Doom. Okay. He's an awesome in... name. I know, right? Great. Fuck. And then, like, to, he went into hiding after Order 66. He's like 13 or 14 years old. He changes his name to Kanan Jarrus. He meets a woman named Hera Sindula, who is the green Twilic that we see meet Ahsoka in this episode. And they yeah, Sindula. Yeah. Oh. So they are. So this is a this is one of the few romantic relationships that we see in Star Wars. They have a kid, FYI. We're going to meet him. His name is Jason Sindula. He should be about eight or nine years old at this point. Little baby Twilik. Little baby toddler. Half little baby mm. half Twilik. So oh. So then we also have a, a character uh, in the group called Zeb Aurelius, and this is one of the big aliens that we saw in season three of The Mandalorian at the New Republic, like. Flight blue base. guy yeah yeah he was a part of the crew and then we have um kanan's 
Jedi apprentice Ezra Bridger, who was effectively the main character of the series. Yeah. Who grows up on the show over the few years that it covers. And then we have Sabine Wren. She is at the time at the start of Rebels, a 16-year-old Mandalorian who has left the Imperial Academy on Mandalore and joined the rebellion. We're gonna get into Sabine Wren next. So Okay. So we'll stick to we'll focus stick to on that. Ezra and Lothal for now. Excellent. So <clears throat> at this point, by the Battle of Lothal, Kanan has died, saving the rest of the crew. Sac- heroically sacrificed. Kanan Jarrus has? Kanan Jarrus has. Okay. And it is an absolute heart ripper of a sacrifice. They they dialed it up to 10. Okay. And uh, it's one of my favorite moments in, in Star Wars. And the crew has been battling Grand Admiral Thrawn primarily uh, because he has a base on Lothal where he's developing um, a new kind of TIE fighter. Oh, okay. And so Lothal has become very important and kind of like a uh, nexus of rebel activity, as it were. And so the rebellion comes back to Lothal. We're going to liberate Lothal from the uh, Empire. The Empire has destroyed the planet. Um, as we as they know. are one to do. Yes, that's their MO. Yeah. <laughs> and in the battle, Ezra infiltrates Grand Admiral Thrawn's Star Destroyer and using the help of some very, very helpful animals that are Force-sensitive called Purgle, yeah. he sacrifices himself to remove Grand Admiral Thrawn from the equation, which allows the Rebels to, you know, you cut off the head of the snake, the body dies, that kind yeah, of approach. Yeah, and yeah. then the Rebels are able to achieve victory through this sacrifice. And so Ezra's plan was he was going to use the Purgle to take the Star Destroyer away from Lothal. And so that is the crux of this show, is where did Ezra and Thrawn end up? We don't know. So they didn't die, per se. They just went somewhere. Right. So this would be a lost at sea kind of a an idea. If you've yeah, ever yeah. seen the movie Cast Away, this would be kind of apt. Well, Shan! Yeah. yeah. Dead on Tom Hanks right there, by the way. Really good <laughs> Thank job. You. Um, Thank you. So now the premise of Ahsoka is that we're hearing whispers that the Imperial remnants that we kind of saw in that hollow meeting with Gideon at, at some point during Mandalorian season three. Yeah. Th- these people, some of them, are out there looking for Thrawn to bring him back to reunite the whole group and kick out the New Republic. And so Ahsoka wants to prevent that. And she's going to recruit her old cohort, um, Sabine Wren, to help her go find Ezra and there, and also pre- re- prevent Thrawn's return. Okay. So that's effectively the battle. The Battle of the Fall was the culmination of the Rebels' first real victory in the Rebellion. Okay. Lothal is an amazingly important place for various reasons. <clears throat> Now, make me not hate Sabine Wren so much because she's very annoying to me initially. And I think that's because I don't have all the facts. Sure. So, Sabine, I don't know why you don't like her. So, let's start there. Why don't oh, okay. you like her? It just like, I, there's a lot of baggage, obviously, that she's carrying around that I don't understand. Yep. Initial, from my perspective, there, 
some sort of ceremony happening yep. in in the town right now, right? Independence she's, Day. She's supposed to be there for to get accolades or whatever, and she's you know she's off driving through the desert, pretty much. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Hey, there's this thing," and she's like, "Hey, fuck off." She goes about her, pretty much, right, <clears throat> right. So I don't know what the deal is there. I mean, I know she misses Guy Man Ezra. Ezra. There it is. Nailed it. Guy Man Ezra. I know she misses him. Obviously, they they were just friends, right? Yes. So she misses him quite a bit. It's been how long since that happened? (laughs) Okay, so Lothal was at the beginning of the rebellion. So then you have the rebellion takes the original trilogy timeline so less than a decade but certainly like five to seven years and then um death star right yeah so then death star luke is 18 or 19 years old when he blows up the death star yeah okay so then the second death star happens luke's probably mid-20s and this is like three years after that so like Lothal has got to be something like somewhere between five and ten years since this has happened. She she was 16 at the beginning of Rebels. Yeah. I don't know. So this is my one of my problems with Star Wars is they're just like, well, it, it takes place at some point. <laughs> yeah. This is saying four years after A New Hope. Four years after A so New Hope. So four years ABY. 18. Okay, so then four years after a new hope wow i'm i have my dates wrong so luke is 22 after a new hope okay well wow this one one uh, so she's got to be in her early to mid 20s at this point okay so i don't know so i get she, she just seems angsty to me initially um and then Sokotano rolls in. Yeah. They apparently have history. Yes. Um, and she's like, hey, there's this thing. I think you can help me with this. And she's like, attitude. And then <laughs> she's like, okay, we'll try try and help, please. It's for this stuff. And she's more attitude. And then ah- Ahsoka's like, okay. This has to stay here because it's very important and blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, got it, whatever. And then takes it. And then it gets taken from her. Right. Okay. So let's, let me try and fill in some of the gaps here. Please. I don't know why I'm so irritated about it. Well, I mean, she seems like a character that you would traditionally really enjoy. I know. I know. And it was her fucking theme music was badass. (laughs) She was riding on her motorcycle. I don't know. She just... Maybe I I think I get irritated when I don't understand somebody's motivation and they sure. seem to be purposely being a fuck up. So let's uh, let me try and fill in the gaps here. I'll try and do this quickly because there's a lot. So I know I figured there would be, and I figured this would be a bulk of it. Sure. So. Okay. So when Rebels begins, she's a teenager, right? And Ezra joins the crew. He's 13 or 14 years old. He has an immediate crush on Sabine. He is always trying to impress her. She's the older girl that he's like, it's just like, she's older than I am, but it's close enough to the point where it's like, I still have a crush on you. 
and like but he doesn't know anything and like and then he grows up and like he matures and like he is involved with the crew like he has like he has carved out his own role with the crew of the ghost um that's the name of their ship and um he like he becomes part of the family and he's also becoming the jedi knight uh under kanan jarris's tutelage and he really becomes for all intents and purposes the leader of that group in a lot of ways yeah um later on in the series and i think that he would he very much i think would would have wanted something romantically to have happened with sabine but i think by the end of the show he understood that like their time hadn't come yet it just wasn't right and but there was a connection there whether it was romantic and realized or just understanding that it was like a deep-seated respect for one another yeah and then he was gone and he sacrificed himself for them and i think that she's a mandalorian right clan family matters yeah and that was her adoptive family and so not only to lose somebody that you were probably falling in love with and probably didn't realize that you were falling in love with them at that at that point right and also like your brother and also like the guy that leads you into battle and also like the dude that fixes the things that are broken around the ship or whatever when you needed something fixed who was always there for you that guy is gone and make maybe you didn't entirely appreciate the fact that he was there because you always were kind of annoyed by him took him for granted a little bit a little bit little bit kanan died saving her life sure hera is off still doing rebellion shit zeb is off joined the new republic her family's gone like her family left and she's still on lothal doing whatever it is that she's doing on lothal after the rebellion Mm -hmm. okay the new history for her and ahsoka was is that they started off ahsoka just ran their rebel cell she gave them information she pointed them in the right direction but that was basically it she was like a handler Mm -hmm. the new big reveal that got everybody to go oh my god what was that apparently sabine is now force sensitive and has at one point been apprenticed to Ahsoka. Oh, that's all new? That is all brand Oh, new. that's a big so one. The trailer, when the trailer got dropped, I know you don't like to watch trailers. Yeah. Was there is a scene where she was like, ah, well, it's nice to have you back. Master Jaws on the ground. Okay. That was a very poignant in the show. I didn't realize that was a huge deal. And that the- was the drop. Yeah, that is a big deal. That was like, oh, 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 okay. Now, this also kind of harkens back to Rebels yet again because the crew at one point goes to Dathomir and they find the Darksaber. Yes. Which we have seen on The Mandalorian. And at one point, Sabine has to go back to Mandalore during the Imperial occupation to make amends with her family and recruit them to help the rebel the rebellion yeah and she takes the dark saber back but before she can do that she has to kind of in her opinion learn how to use it sure and so kanan teaches her to use the dark saber which you know me i'm i had a problem with that yeah when it was going on because yeah. 
she is not force sensitive. And it's like, why don't you teach this baby how to use this um, automatic weapon? <laughs> right. That is how force sensitive, non force sensitive people using a lightsaber appears to me. Yeah. You can't use the weapon effectively. You're not force sensitive. It's a key component of doing it correctly. You will chop your limbs off. Right. So Kanan teaches her. She goes back to Mandalore, leads a kind of mini rebellion. This dark saber ends up in Bo-Katan's possession. And then from there, we kind of have an idea of what happened to it from the events of the Mandalorian. Yeah. <clears throat> Nothing was really made of her possibly being force sensitive. Now we have a bridge between those two ideas. So at some point, either just like with Ray, there was an awakening, right? Where she yeah. felt like all of a sudden she was coming into this larger world. Like the force was like saying, okay, like now it's your time. It's your moment. You, you know, you're coming of age. There's big things that we need from you. Something like this probably happens to Sabine in between the events of the show and Ahsoka. And so Ahsoka takes her on as an apprentice, which was odd because in the Mandalorian, Din Djarin wanted her to apprentice Grogu. She re she turned that down. Maybe that's why. Turned him over to Luke. Yeah. Well, maybe, right, maybe why she turned down Grogu is that she had this negative experience with Sabine. Yeah. And according to Ahsoka in this episode, walked away from Sabine. Yeah. So I think that also leads to that kind of like simmering angst that you're probably picking up on from sure. Sabine in this episode. My master abandoned me. Pretty much, right? Yeah. Which seems very out of place for Ahsoka. But we have also seen Luke walked away from everything in the sequel trilogy. Ahsoka, let, you know, I mean, Ahsoka walked away. Stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, they're people, they're not gods they're yeah. imperfect yeah yeah they make mistakes and so but this is a part of what it is to be a jedi knight and i think that this is going to be a very large arc of the show which is that sabine is going to have to come into her own as some kind of force sensitive and they fucking set up the rivalry between her and shin right <laughs> off of the <laughs> right right away now again we've already said spoiler but um Big spoiler yeah. for the last 30 seconds. Bitch gets stabbed, man. Run through. Shin, <laughs> Shin Hadi runs her through with the lightsaber. I literally stopped, like gasped and shot up in my chair and knocked yeah. my table over. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? No way. And like I have seen, <laughs> I have seen clips from later on in the series. I know sure. that she lives, you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm still like. Jesus Christ, that's yeah. through the chest. Qui-Gon didn't come back from that. <laughs> you know, that's serious or whatever, you know? And yeah. And Shin also steals this map that um Sabine has at least figured out partially how to open and read. Yeah. That's going to help Balin and Shin and um Morgan Elspeth. Yeah. Try and go and find Grand Admiral Thrawn. Well, which make I mean it makes sense, but right now Sabine has to stay with Ahsoka because she's the only one 
that has seen the map. Right. You know, and so like when we were going through this episode, I was like, I know, I know what the formula is here. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, yeah. It's you can foreshadow all of this stuff. Like it's like, <laughs> which Ahsoka, is fine. Ahsoka. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah. Ahsoka finds the map. Oh, we got to read it. Who's I got to help. Some, let's I get do all like the old crew together. Uh, Sindula was like, it's never straightforward with you, Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, no, never. never. No. <laughs> no. It's just like, oh man, that'll lead to another way. clue. That'll lead to another clue. Yeah. yeah. Good national treasure reference. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. John Voigt doesn't get enough rep, you know? <laughs> I hate that guy. Yeah. So, um, right. And so then, like, oh, she brings the map back. Only Sabine, only you can read the map for reasons. Yeah. Okay. You have the artistic eye. Yes. Which, Can you and, make out any? Yeah. So Sabine is largely credited with coming up with the rebel emblem. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that was one of her uh, artistic inventions. And she's fun. Uh, you know, her hair is like colored, like brightly colored. Like yeah. every season on Rebels, her hair is a different color. and stuff. It, was, it was nice fun. that they, as someone who doesn't know Sabine Wren, but like they mm-hmm. focused in on her picture of the mural and she had purple hair. Mm-hmm. And then you see this badass chick just hauling ass on her hover motorcycle with flowing pink hair coming. I'm just like, I think that's her. Yeah, I could watch her ride that motorcycle. Yeah, that all day. That was great. Yeah, that was it was <clears throat> really cool. That whole part was really cool. She is not bad to look at. So um, <laughs> so thank you, Star Wars. But, um, you know, and then, of course, like the bad guys are like, well, we need the map. You know, and like the then the good guys opened it up for him to read. Yeah, and so I was just like, and then you know, they this, took it immediately. They they get it back or whatever. But like, I want to say something about the the way that this show made me feel. Okay. When I was watching, like, there's a there's a part of the show where like Sabine has joined Ahsoka on her ship, and like the table is coming up from the floor, and yeah. like they're playing a little music over it, and I was like this feels like the original trilogy to me. Oh, this is as close to me feeling like I'm watching the original trilogy again, since I watched the original trilogy. That's nice. I was just struck by like the music. I I know that John, John Williams has retired from doing the music from star Wars. Yeah. But this new group, at least with this first episode really paid homage to him because they, the the music in Star Wars has almost been like the unseen character in Star yeah, Wars. For sure. And I felt that again in this flute episode. It was excellent. Yeah. So yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I was extremely impressed. I've got my new fixation for somebody in Shin. Yeah. That I'm just going to be like, oh, you're a terrible person, and I cannot stop rooting for you. <laughs> the, probably this whole show, and I, I am just praying that she doesn't get killed at the end of the season. So, oh yeah, we want her to continue on. Now, what's up with the orange lightsaber? Then I know last week we talked about, and we've talked before about what it takes to make a red lightsaber. You got to pour all your hate into an existing crystal. Yeah. That's not covered at all in 
in this episode. Does it hint at any sort of ambiguity or vagueness with her ties to the dark side? I don't think so. Um, It potentially could. Like, I don't get the sense yet that these two darksiders are evil, per se. They're, of course, going to be proven to be more evil than their first impression. Yes. But, like, so if we know that if we know that Balin built his hilt at the temple, yeah, and his blade is now orange as opposed to blue or green or whatever, yeah, is his orange is, or red? They're I, to me, they look the same. Okay. Um, at some point, he's in, he's put a new crystal in, probably to reflect his change in philosophy. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're both orange. So okay. So maybe I, they're not. They hadn't poured hate into it. They just found an orange one or something, or they they poured their hate, which is not as strong as a Sith, so it's not quite red. So I would be very happy if these two characters were dark side force users. Yep. but not in any way connected to the Sith tradition. Absolutely. I mean, there is a Master and Apprentice, which seems to align itself. Well, regardless of... Regardless of what side of the you know philosophical coin you're on here... Yeah. I guess... Yeah, like, if you're going to... If you're going... I mean, like, that's the, that's the pattern. Yeah. Of any you Force know, user, right? Pretty much. Jed- Jedis have Master and Apprentice, too. Yeah. So, If you're coming from anything approximating the Jedi or Sith traditions, yeah, you're probably at some point going to seek out an Apprentice. They're really helpful. Yeah. You know, sometimes then, they're a little pain in the ass. That then hints at other Force users that exist in the world that are not a part of either of the two political factions. Yeah, agreed. That just exist. Which is so exciting. in this in the, I do want to kind of talk about the bad guy organizational setup here a little bit. Okay. The chief bad guy in the show is going to be Grand Admiral Thrawn. The person working for him is this woman that they rescued at the beginning of the episode, Morgan Elspeth. Who she, is she? Um, well, we only know her from the Mandalorian episode that she was in, where she dueled Ahsoka. However. She appears to be at least a descendant from the Night Sisters of Dathomir. According to her. Yes. Don't know why you would make that up if you weren't, right? (laughs) (laughs) So the the Night Sisters are also a different non-Jedi, non-Sith force tradition unto the force culture unto themselves. Yeah. Um, In the old EU canon, there were good sisters and bad sisters, and the bad ones were Night Sisters the dark they use the dark side of the force apt since disney acquired lucasfilm the good sisters that lived on dathmir appear to have not become not imported with the rest of the (laughs) yeah so we just have the not yet the planet where ahsoka finds the map is called arcana which is new to me and she she mentions that it was once a stronghold of the night sisters I am unaware of the Night Sisters being on any other planet other than Dathomir in in yeah. form, building things, ruins, temples, whatever. So that's new to me. 
um she i think that at some point she's going to use the force in some way yeah but well so i'm interested to see how i I can't wait to see that yeah i can't wait to see how her using the force differs from whatever yeah and then i i'm not sure if you saw this but there is they have a, a compatriot outside of those droids all in black uh didn't speak during this episode okay that very easily could be the last inquisitor left alive in the game oh we know the character's name the character's name is merrick m-a-r-r-o-k yeah i see him here yeah he will duel ahsoka at some point in the series oh because he's got the saber yeah that's that's like there's hanging on his back yep so he's got the double-bladed saber yeah on the spinny disc yeah just continues to be ridiculous to me but (laughs) that's fine that's how you guys do it cool um uh so we have let's let's just look at this little group here we have a descendant of the night sisters a force user non-sith tradition dark side yeah morgan i'm sorry balin and shin at least dark side force users balin's at least from the at the start in the Jedi, Jedi trained order 66 survivor yeah <clears throat> no longer aligned we don't have any indication they're aligned with the sith whatsoever cool we have an inquisitor yeah trained as a jedi they all are former jedi yeah went to the dark side the last i mean if you're the last one of anything good job you know you made it right, right. kind of so like um and so these people have come together in to try some and way, get Thrawn. way, shape, or form to bring Thrawn back. Yeah. I think it's a very interesting little clique of people. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't want things to be, I don't want to get anything marveled, right? Where after 40 movies, we're now kind of like, can we, can we quit for a minute with the Marvel movies, please? Right. Sure. But every time they do some of this shit, I'm just like, when do I get his origin story? Yeah, you know, and like I feel like there should be like I do know that Disney just came out and said, like, hey, we're gonna be dialing back Marvel and Star Wars a little bit in the yeah, like when their current slate of projects or whatever is are probably developed. But there should be a subdivision of Lucasfilm at Disney that's like, okay, fill in the blanks department. Yeah. And like that'd be awesome. Sign me up. Yeah. Like the connective tissue that is connecting all this stuff, that is like crack for any Star Wars <laughs> fan. Yeah. Yes. Have you seen the like short outtake of the anchor man where they smoke crack on air together? And he's no. like, Oh my, this is refreshing. <laughs> that hits immediately. <laughs> no. And then like Paul Rudd is like, Yeah, it's really good stuff. You're gonna really enjoy it, or whatever. And it's like, wow, that is intense. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. When they're like, when, like, when Sabine's like master, that's like a hit of crack for me. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't stop thinking about it. I, that to me, that is what this show is going to ultimately be focused on is I want Sabine Wren's journey to becoming either a Jedi Knight, a Force user in some new tradition, Ahsoka's apprentice. I don't care. But tell me that story. Yeah. Don't like, drop a nugget and then just don't pick it back up. Sorry. Can't do it. Yeah. Like, I understand a 
you know, it's all a part of telling a story. You kind of bring them in the middle and you just sort of explain it to them what they need to know throughout. Right. That's how normal storytelling works. Right. Star Wars is different because it's bigger than all of us. So just give me every little bit. Tell, Tell me all of it. Yeah. You know, you know, and like, and you, you and I have discussed this before, but like, I wonder if the people at Disney feel that if they do tell us all of it, yeah, that there won't be anything left to do. That's true. Like, and, I also and wonder, it boxes them in, right? And I wonder if that's kind of the reason, like George R. R. Martin won't finish these fucking books. <laughs> oh, like once I write them, it's uh, that's it, and people will. No one's going to care about me anymore. Love or hate love or hate me so yeah so yeah um the we, we have these new new droids that are at least new to me that are traveling with uh dark force people uh-huh. like they they tried to stop ahsoka <laughs> they, somehow they, they knew about her being there uh, they must have been tailing her or whatnot um and then their self-destruct packs a wallop. <laughs> well they did this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's they have that they have these staves with the the same sort of pinkish uh uh electricity that the red armored people carry yeah. around. Mm-hmm. So there's new technology there or or what have you, a new type of droid, right? Yeah, we have not seen those to me, though we have not seen those exact yeah. type of weapons before. So it's interesting to see. I also like it when a human punches a droid in the head and just <laughs> continues fighting them. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that because I saw that in the episode now. I was like, what are we really accomplishing? Here? Yeah. <laughs> and I like how they hit the droid's head on like a metal bar and the droid is all like, Oh, oh," like a dizzy and discombobulated for a minute. Like, no, either your circuits are fucked up or they're not. And it didn't affect you at all. You don't get to shake that up. You ever drop an electronic and then you start to hear some rattling in it and it just doesn't work right ever again. Mm -hmm. That's droids. Okay. You're either dizzy forever or you're not affected at all, but you don't get to be dizzy for a minute, shake it off like a human, and then get back in the fight. Right? Yeah. I um, I love the little fight that we had with those five droids, because every time... Oh, yeah, that it, was cool. It was like, oh, this one droid that's so adorable. Oh, there's a second one. <laughs> that's probably not a big... Oh, there's a third one over there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Three. Oh, no. Cardinal Directions. We got the fourth. Yeah. Oh, there's number five. Fuck. How, what are we doing here? Stop changing the camera angle. <laughs> you know, and she handles it. And then when they're just like initiate self-destruct and she takes off, I'm like, okay. Like, uh, so like, take me back to the first episode of the Mandalorian when IG 88 or whatever it is going to blow himself up or IG 11, whatever. Yeah. IG 11. And I was like, motherfucker, was he going to take out the planet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Also, how do you carry around a self-destruct mechanism without it ever accidentally getting shot or sliced at by a lightsaber? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. 
I mean, the lightsaber thing. Outfitting a battle droid with any sort of explosive is a dangerous ordeal. Right? Yes. Especially one that big. Yeah, it's a big uh, It's also funny to me when so she's running away from the self-destruct, Ahsoka is. Yeah. And she's like, Huang, where are you? Hey, hey, hey. And then right as we hear it, it's over top of her. Like right. I live around a lot of airplanes and I can hear them when they're miles away. Mm-hmm. Let alone, like, so I feel like she should have at least heard him. Probably okay. before he was in our field of view. Um, yeah, I don't know that I have anything to really add to that. That's no, fine. it's just nitpicky. Sure. But it's just fun. It, you know, like when we don't, it, it's same thing when you're in an empty room and then all of a uh-huh. sudden, like you see them the same time the camera does. And it's like, where'd you come from? Right. <laughs> That's all. All the doors were closed. Yeah, this was um, great. I just thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. We'll end with your overall thoughts so far. On... Uh, a, a, solid A. Yeah. Like, um, I, I'm i trying not to, like, trying to guess the ending. That's why I think what really got me in trouble with The Mandalorian. Sure. But, like, There's just so many things I want to see. Give me Jason Sandula. Like, what's what's up with you, kid? Yeah. Like, all right, are we going to are we gonna go to somewhere new? Like, I don't know if you watched the end credits, but there was almost a Game of Thrones style. Oh, progression. Okay. And I was like, I'll go back and watch it. And it's literally like a star chart where we're jumping around to all these different places and then eventually okay. they all come to it one It sort place. of follows the map. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, are we going to oh, them? Yeah, that is nice. So here's my only here's my only kind of like if I can be nitpicky for a second. Please. I don't know how anybody can know where Grand Admiral Thrawn ended up. And how is he still there? And then why is there a map? So like, not, not to nitpick too hard. Who made it? Why was it buried in a fucking temple somewhere? Yeah. Also, like, this temple, this very elaborate temple, yeah, designed with a very elaborate mechanism for one orb map. So this tells me that. I have a theory and I, I don't want to, I, I don't want it to be true. I don't think that the map is supposed to be where Grand Admiral Thrawn is, where Ezra is. I think Grand Admiral Thrawn and Ezra ended up somewhere else significant that the map wanted them to go see. Okay. Whoever, why they buried the map in this place why the map was created however long ago and put in that place, we've somehow connected the dot that Thrawn and Ezra are at that significant place. Yeah. Coincidentally, by the Force, whatever. Well, the Night Sisters have something to do with it, right? Because it's in a Night Sister stronghold. It's in their fucking ruins, right? Like, I mean, like, it makes sense that they would be. So I guess it's possible that they just had the information and elected to not share it with anybody for a time. 
So like, but like he he didn't go missing four hundred years ago. That's true. He went, he went missing less than a decade ago. So, I like if, that somebody if, was just like, "Oh, Admiral Thrawn is is involved with this." Yeah. Well, where is he? I I have an idea on how how to keep this information. Yeah. So like, so there's a map to somewhere. Yeah. Thrawn is somewhere. But that those two somewheres could literally be any two points in the galaxy. Yeah. And so then how do we know that the map that we had randomly drawn to somewhere and Thrawn is the same place? Are it we better not be. Are we in communication with Thrawn? Oh, not only that, but then as soon as she realizes, as soon as she figures it out, she takes her fucking binoculars outside and it just looks in that direction and is like, yeah, I'm satisfied. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like I would love it if somebody could be like, the reason the map exists and points to Thrawn is reasons A, B, and C. Yeah, or points oh. to X. Oh, finally, I can breathe again. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I'm going to need that sister, that night sister, to do a... She's got some explaining to do. Yeah. Listen, I would watch a show where the characters just get down together and <laughs> sit down and then for 45 minutes, you just watch them in a circle talking, explaining things. This is how we got to here. This is the significance of this. What? Yeah. No way. Best yeah. episode ever. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So. But I don't know why the map exists. Here's my, but here's my theory. I think Ezra and Thrawn are on Mortis. Okay. So when we're figuring out the map and Sabine's yeah. trying to figure it out and there's those three figures i think those are the gods of mortis the map is going to take them to tenon it's a type of it's a type of joint for woodworking connects cool. things it connects things so one brings it. the other <laughs> you know hey if I'll that's a that star wars really level pun understood woodworking reference get at me writers excellent <laughs> uh yeah, it better not take them to Thrawn and Ezra. It better take them to a place that gets them there or something, right? Yeah, or some a... holy city that has to do with the Night Sisters that happens to also be in connection to this. Yeah, it's the first step in a journey. Sure. Yeah. That would be fine with me. Because otherwise, the implication is someone new. Right. Because I don't know what happened, right? You know what happened essentially to with Ezra and Thrawn. I don't know what happened, but I mean somebody else knew, and mm -hmm. then they uh, devised an elaborate scheme, put it where no one should find it, but could unlock it in such a way that no one should but could, and then decipher it in a way that no one should be able to but still could, and then find them like. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, but I am uh, curious. But this is also this is also the uh, intellectual property that put an answer to a question in a dagger. <laughs> and that led to a thing, yeah. right? Is of that, a crash that should not have in a in an ocean. That should not have changed ever. <laughs> right. I don't know if you know a thing or two about water. 
it tends to wear things down over time. Pretty static. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the only that, thing I know. That whole thing with the dagger, I was kind of like, wait a second. So this has the feeling of like a you know Raiders of the Lost Ark, like yeah, looking for the. Staff. It's cool if you don't think about it for any more than right. half a second. And I was like, didn't that fucking Death Star go down like nine years ago? And then someone was yeah. like. All right, Tim. Let's make that. We're we were making this dagger, and then this thing fell out of the sky. Let's do the. Oh wait, no. We have to tie it to the location of this beacon that gets you to this one planet in the galaxy that the Sith live on. Yeah, against them. what are they? Holocrons or pyramids or what? I don't know what it I mean, is. It's okay, a pyramid, so like right? the whole thing with there, like those were are supposed to effectively be what holocrons look like, and they called them wayfinders. And I was like, yeah, shut up. Who found that wayfinder and was just like, I could move this or I could just make an elaborate etching on this blade. Yeah. That if I stand in a certain, like <laughs> I just, it just someone so happens knew. that the people making the, the blade of the dagger had a perfectly good vault back in the town. I know. Uh, yeah. Let's hope it doesn't turn into that. Right. I still enjoyed it. Has a video game vibe to me, which I'm still fine with. Um, I I'm think, hoping this makes you want to watch Rebels. Is my I opinion. think I should just be just because of the uh, the depth of of lore leading up to this, right? Like the, it yeah. feels like I'm in the middle. Of, I, I'm I'm coming in in the middle of something rather important. Well, this is on the internet. It's being dubbed like Rebels 2.0. Sure. Because it effectively is a now, continue. and this is Dave Filoni, right? Like this yeah. makes sense. So. Yeah, yeah. I do like, well, I do like watching something fresh, and then having you tell me all the cool things about it. That's one of my I favorite like things. Too. Yeah, because then I'm not like, it's, this is how this character should be. I get to be like, oh, that's a, this is. Although it does make me not like people like Sabine Wren immediately. Uh, I think you're going to really, I think I'm going to really like her for sure. I liked her introduction, but her attitude was a little bit. And then it just kept getting more that way. I'm sure I'll like her. I just wasn't. So one thing that I would like you from, from this point forward, there's one detail about Sabine Rand that I really want you to focus on. And that she's a Mandalorian. Yes. Which I didn't know. I mean, I did know, but I forgot. I knew. So like, as we progress through this series, I want you when you're watching Sabine to be like, okay, this, this character is doing this. And she's also a Mandalorian. Did she lead the Mandalorians during their pacifism phase? Or was that, uh, so I would say that her family comes, comes from a more traditional non-pacifist mindset. Okay. So a Mandalorian. (laughs) Right. So what we would consider to be a Mandalorian yeah traditionalist yeah yeah is i think a very good sabine wren you know i was thinking about this earlier because i was talking about this a little bit with a a friend at work who instructed me to watch the seventh season of clone wars all the way through also great yeah should i wait to do that too or is that is that okay to do now I don't think that watching the seventh season of the Clone Wars is going to ruin anything for you yeah. in Ahsoka, but it will give you insight into who Ahsoka is. Okay. It's not going to do anything for Sabine Wren. That's fine. Okay. 
but we were talking about Mandalorians and the fact that Mandalorians basically the act of war and conflict was their God. Yeah. To, to come in there and be a pacifist is like being the antichrist. Correct. To Mandalorians, which is pretty, which is when they brought it up in the clone wars. I was like, (laughs) I straight up hate this arc. Also, the leader of these stupid Mandalorians uh, loves Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he says he would have left the Jedi right. Order from her. I'm right. glad you're dead, Satine, and I'll always be glad. <laughs> right. So I'll keep that in mind that she's Mandalorian. Uh, I mean, she's awesome. She's she badass. Awesome. Like, I just I didn't like her. the attitude, I guess. I liked her from Rebels, you know? Yeah. And then if it was like, okay cool that's like chocolate right and then it was like yeah. oh you're gonna make her a force sensitive well hello peanut butter like yeah. put these two <laughs> yeah. together so i think it's just i don't know like when somebody who says they understand the gravity of the situation it's obviously there's more at stake but they are only going to adhere to their one narrow perspective of it because she clearly wants ezra back like that's Yes, that's her whole motivation for this whole thing, right? Her dream that she has. Yeah, I interpreted. Yeah, to be yeah, a yeah. Force vision. Sure, sure. Yeah, so it's I believe very that. clearly at the forefront of her. Yeah, yeah, thoughts, yeah. Emotions, the whole thing. So I don't know for someone to be like, I'm a good person. Uh, fuck your also good person uh, motives. This yeah. thank you for bringing this to me. Get the fuck out of my way, you know, right. like Thrawn Schmon. What about Ezra? Right. Mm-hmm. So, no, but for all intents and purposes, she's badass and uh, must have been keeping up on the fighting because she gave that clearly practiced Dark Force user a run for her money. So I like the idea that these two are setting up a rivalry right. Yeah. From the fucking game. And like when someone stay, I was thinking about this this morning. I was like. Boy, remember when you were a kid and you'd be out playing basketball or catching yeah, yeah, dad yeah, yeah. or something, and then they'd stab you through the chest to get you more motivated? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, so my dad never did that for me, but I you maybe maybe you'd be in the motivated. NBA now if he had. Yeah, maybe I would. Thanks, or dead. thanks for nothing, Dad. Or know? dead. Uh, but when somebody takes their lightsaber out of a buried trunk and then is pretty proficient at it i don't know if jedi just never lose a step although obi-wan showed us that sometimes you do sometimes you do uh although he cut himself off for the force maybe she didn't but i guess uh i we're over on time but i have one more question then sure force users dark and or light do they not emit stuff ripples in the force Okay, so this is an excellent question, and I I'll do my. I'm best sorry. To be I'm sorry to bring it up at the. No, end. it's fine. <laughs> so people are always saying stuff like whether it's on the internet or asking me questions or talking to you, and it's like, well, why don't they just feel them? Yes. Right. Yes. And here's my. Here's the example that I'll use. So in Kenobi, the last episode, Vader and Kenobi are fighting. Vader buries Kenobi in the ground under a shit ton of rocks. Right. Yes. Kenobi gets out and literally runs up behind him and is about to hit him with his lightsaber. And it's the last fucking second when Anakin Skywalker, and let's refresh, the most powerful force user in the galaxy is like, 
someone going to hit me from behind? I better turn around. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I think that there has to be an intention from somebody to look, to be on alert, to okay, try and be open to the ripples as you've just if you as you've described them. Yes. And if you are preoccupied, thinking about something else, or on you know not open to those ripples yeah you're not going to know that they're there okay you know and sometimes it's like that makes sense sometimes it's like spidey sense like you're in imminent danger you watch out you know right like and so that can that can happen well like once again they're not omnipotent yeah 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 but that's why that's why yoda settled down where he did because he was so close to dark force right that it was a black hole essentially it made him invisible yeah uh plus one minus one equals zero right that was his goal like it was right right so like for him so the fact that that exists makes me think that they are pick up traceable is a better yeah. word than pick upable uh traceable and yoda is kind of like he's a firework as far as the force is concerned like you're okay. gonna notice yeah or if if a force user so the reason I bring it up is there's a moment where Sabine and Ahsoka are talking. Yep. And then Sabine steals the map, which she promised not to do, and uh, runs away, which she promised not to do. Kids, right? <clears throat> right. And um, then there's a little droid that is monitoring, follows her, and then goes back to Sin. Sin. Shin. Shin. Shin, thank you. And, and so if Ahsoka or Sabine had been like, hold on, wait, let me put my feelers out. Is there is there any sort of Dark Force user as far as I can feel? Would that have been a possibility? So I think that would be something <laughs> like, um, so you ever watch Hunt for the Red October? And we're, we're listening and listening and listening to see if we can figure out if there's another sub out there. Yeah. It would need to be something like that. In my Sonar. Opinion. You'd have to effectively be actively looking and concentrating on that for the faintest hint. It's not going to be something like um, Beyonce has entered the room, you know, like, yeah. Oh shit. Really? Like, yeah, yeah that's yeah, a surprise. Yeah. That's a big deal. You know, but like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not, it's um, I don't think that the shins presence on the planet would necessarily beep on their radar so to speak sure but if they were like hey you know we stole this from these people morgan i mean they don't know that balin and shin really are after them yet they know they exist because they rescued Morgan, right right but i don't know that i would be like hey i just i just met up with Hera again now i'm talking to my former apprentice now i gotta figure out the star map now i gotta do this i'm hang on one second i mean i'm just gonna i'm just gonna tone out for dark oh, there isn't anybody <laughs> you know that kind of right thing. like that would be something that like somebody is good at picking that up on they you have them on your squad and right. they're like there to tap into that type of force right okay that makes me feel better because I, I i don't know i always just get a vibe that they're emitting some sort of force about them but maybe it's only if they use it or if they use because you know like you blow up a planet yeah force users feel it yes but i got a, a single individual being next to you that is also force sensitive 
isn't always the case unless they were to use it. Right. And then they would feel some sort of new feeling in the force. Right. Right. Like if I stand next to you and I'm just quiet and stationary, it's not, you know, it's not necessarily something that you're going to like register. Yeah. But if I start flailing around and bump into you and get loud and it's like, okay, maybe I, maybe I'm going to pay you a little bit more attention. Right. You know? And so the only way that I can rationalize kind of the thing that you're bringing up with everything that I've seen in star Wars is it has got to be something that you're actively doing as opposed to just, and then there are exceptions, which are the things that we see the most often. So we think it's common. Sure. But they are exceptions to the extraordinary people, even amongst their own kind that we are watching in these stories. And so I would say it's not the norm, but we, we would not otherwise know that. Sure. Okay. That's a good explanation. Thank you. Well, this was great. Yeah. The show is great. I'm excited to watch the second one. Yes. And if you enjoyed it and, or enjoyed uh, listening to us talk about it, you can let us know at mediocre conversations at gmail.com. Follow the example of Master Winkle, who has already emailed us about our comeback episode. Yeah. Some good questions of his own. Get on it, everybody. So. Say your thing. And, And may the force be with you. There we go. Yeah, nice. Nailed it.